But over this weekend, I've, I've had the opportunity to go to, uh, I text my pastor, and I actually put it on Facebook in this manner, a good old-fashioned tent revival. It wasn't spelled with the O-L-D. I spelt it O-L-E, like good old boys. Uh, and it was just good. I was going there thinking that I was just going to sit back behind the scenes and uh, just sit back and enjoy and be poured into and, and, and help support my community and my fellow brothers in Christ and, and the preacher, the, the man of God of that house. He come up to me and he said, William, I know God's going to give you a word. I know he's going to give you a word. And I said, Brother Blake, I, I really I don't have nothing prepared. I've not prayed. I've not seeked God on this. And I sat back there with uh, Brother Tim Vincent, and we were sitting in the back row there and just started flipping through the Gospels. And I said, Lord Jesus, I know you're, you're, you're taking me somewhere. And I landed in Mark, and I was kind of flipping through Mark, and I was just kind of guided because I've always told people this, that the book of Mark to me is like a high action-packed movie. It's not long and drawn out. I mean, right out of the gate, Mark is just into things. He don't take time out for the genealogy. He don't do none of that. He's like, let's just get down to business. So I really love the book of Mark. So as I'm flipping through, I, I stumbled across the woman that's had the bleeding problem for 12 years. And I started thinking about everything that was going on in the text and Jairus, you know, Jairus, he was, he was looking for his daughter to be healed. There was two healings there that takes place. And Jairus, he, he come to Jesus and he's like, hey man, I need you to get to my baby. Some things is going on, it ain't going right with her. She fitting to die, I need you. And, and, and Jesus, in this journey, as he's going with Jairus, he, he, he starts walking through the town, and a multitude of people starts carousing him. And this one lady, she had a bleeding problem, discharging for 12 years. I can't imagine 12 years of just straight discharging blood leaking out of her and all this. Just, I'm not even trying to go there. But for 12 years... And this lady has enough faith that the only thing she wanted to do was touch the hem of his garment. She knew if I could get to Jesus, I'm going to be all right. And as we're going to look into the text here in a minute, I just want to set up real quick and kind of take you into where the Lord took me into this Holy Ghost woodshed that I needed to be in. See, yesterday, you know, a couple weeks back I was in that car wreck. And when I was in that car wreck, you know, it does. It hurts you. And I, the doctors, they prescribed me some ibuprofens and flexorails. And if you've ever been on muscle relaxers and maybe you're a recovering addict or something, then you know. But when you get on these things, you get that drunk feeling. And, and, and it can tend to mess with your mind and, and, and just mess you up in general. So yesterday, as I'm getting ready to leave for this revival... I, I told Alicia, I said, honey, I, I got to get my medicine out. And so I go to the medicine cabinet, and I grabbed one Flexerel, one ibuprofen. And as I was walking past our kitchen, I look over, and she just had this look. Just this look, like, are you forgetting? Are you forgetting what God can really do? Like, the Lord kind of took me into her mind concept there. 
You of all people should know how God heals. And it was almost a a look of disgust like. So as I walked out into the uh, front yard, because I've got this, I've gotten in a really bad habit of just pulling my car up in our front yard, not caring about the yard no more, just wanting to be close to the door so I ain't got to walk through and all that, which that's laziness on me. But as I'm standing out by the door, I look down and there's this pill and there's the ibuprofen. And here's what the Lord said. How can I use you when you're feeling drunk? Whoa. So I took that pill and I threw it over in my yard. God have mercy on a little squirrel that grabs a hold of it. I told them last night, I said, I'm liable to pull up and a little squirrel will be dead in my front yard. That's going to be my fault, but that's okay. But God reminded me, and then as I sat down in the car, I'm getting ready. I've got my bottle of water and I'm getting ready to take this ibuprofen. And I was reminded again, William, I can heal you. Get back to the basics. Get back to your fundamentals of your love for me. Stop worrying about this. Lay hands on yourself. You are an elder of the church. Call on yourself. Anoint yourself with oil and pray to me. And that's what I did. So then as we get to the tent revival, things start breaking loose. And listen, church, this wasn't old Baptist revival. I'm talking tongue, talking Holy Ghost, rolling, praying over people, asking for God to fill them with the Holy Spirit, watching people get slain in the Spirit, and trying to tell people, you better catch this one and catch that one. And boom, she goes out, and you're just like, leave her alone. God's dealing with her. That's revival. That's revival. I love what we do here. I love how we meet. But, but church, I'm not going to lie, when we get to the end of a song, and I just hear me saying, amen, Lord Jesus, and I feel like it's falling on deaf ears. Because why are we not rejoicing the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Why? Why? It don't matter if it's a YouTube video. It don't matter. Your heavenly Father's Holy Spirit is in the midst of us. He's in the midst. Praise him, church. Praise him. Don't be like Ezekiel when, when, when the bones was walking around. And that's all you hear is clanging. Let the Lord bring some life into you. Let him breathe into you. Glorify him. If you say, man, I'm going to look stupid. Who cares? Ain't nobody paying attention to you. It's between you and God. You and God. So Jesus still heals. Trust me. And Jesus heals the brokenhearted and those who are sick with sin. These are two categories that he really heals in. But then again, Jesus also does miracles too, still to this day. Unfortunately, we don't really need them because we have the text, and the text should be enough. But trust me, if God wants to heal, God can heal. If God wants to raise somebody from the dead, he can breathe life into them, and they can raise. It happens all the time. Just you don't hear about it on the news. Go to the hospitals when people get lifted up. They've been in a coma six or seven months. And what happens? They snap out of it. Brother Ed sent me a text this morning about how he got hit on his bicycle and it shows the car crushed. And this happened back in 83. He was out for six months and God breathed life into him. And the first thing he told them nurses about was Jesus. Six months and the brother knew the Bible still. 
God heals. God heals. We ain't even made it to the text yet. I told you, fasten up. Fasten up. I made a vow to the Lord. I'll, I'll no longer, if the Lord Jesus Christ tells me, he says, son, you step out of that pulpit that way, y'all just go on and get ready. That means it's coming. When I'm in here, I can kind of stay tethered to the text. But once I get out here, I'm going to let the Holy Ghost lead me. Always, 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 always. Elders get on me. They say, as soon as you step sideways, we know, look out, here he comes. But it's okay. Listen, when God saved and redeemed, he saved and redeemed. He didn't save and redeem for us to walk around like, hey, Sister Tiffany, how you doing? No. He saved and redeemed for us to say, hey, girl, how can I pray for you today? How you feeling, sister? That's what he saved us for, to rejoice and be set free. Now, if you would, if you would turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 5, we're, we're going to rip through this text, and then we're going to kind of break it down a little bit. But Mark chapter 5 and verses 24 through 34, and if you don't have your Bibles, a smartphone, a Kindle, an Apple iPad, a Samsung, an Android, anything that's got to do with communications in an app store, if you don't have that, it will be on the monitors behind me. So would ask out of reverence for the Lord Jesus Christ and his holy word if we could stand for the reading of God's word this morning. Starting in verse 24, it says, And he went with him. This was Jesus talking about with Jairus. And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt it in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power had gone out from him, immediately turned in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd? You see the crowd pressing around you. And yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, but the woman knowing what had happened to her came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Faith has made you well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, over these next few moments, Father, maybe there's someone in here with a disease. Maybe there's someone in here who's recently gotten bad news. You heal. Your word just said it. Father in heaven, O oh Holy Ghost, how we ask that you would anoint this very pulpit, hide this pastor, 
behind the cross and let your word go forth. And we pray all these things in Christ Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Just a touch. Just a touch. This is what she knew. All she had to do was get to touch him. She was healed. How many of us forget that? We forget just a touch. It could be lay at his feet and just touch the hem of his garment. And son, your faith has made you well. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Notice with me how Matthew chapter 9 verses 21 and 22 reads it. It says, for she said to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. And Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And instantly, not later on in life, not a few hours later, but instantly, the woman was made well. Instantly. It wasn't like the instant rice that you buy at the store that you have to put in the microwave and put it on for two or three minutes. No. Instantly. Bam. Boom. Done. Healed. Man, I want to get back to that kind of faith. Oh, I want to get back to there. So the first thing we must look at is her condition. Her condition. It was an incurable disease. Which is like us today. See, sin with us is the disease. It's sin. That's the disease. Look with me at verse 26. And you'll notice there's things underlined in the text on the monitor. It says, And who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. Notice, she suffered from false cures. She had suffered much under many physicians, but yet she goes to one physician, the great physician, and is healed. Healed. But yet, under many physicians, they couldn't get the job done. She wasn't. She had suffered much. She grew disappointed. See, sin will offer you a false hope. It will, it truly will. But in the end, it will disappoint you. But in the moment, it will offer you a sense of false hope. Your sin might make you feel good, temporal, but it's going to have long-lasting results. It's just the way sin is. You can, and I don't like when people say, oh, it's sin, it's sin. Listen, church, if sin wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it in the first place. It's just our nature. But trust me, your temporal fix is a long-term disappointment. It will truly disappoint you. Look with me again at verse 26, and you'll notice that the second part of that is underlined. It says, and had spent all that she had. She spent all that she had. She gave everything for this healing. Everything. She spent it all. She, she suffered from losing her finances, is pouring into this, and she grew poorer and poorer each time she went to a physician. You have to understand, it wasn't like Blue Cross Blue Shield this day. We have insurance, or you got Kentucky One Health, or you got what you got. Back then, it was their wages. 
It was everything. She grew poor and poor. See, sin will rob you. Sin will rob your health, your happiness, your peace of mind. That happiness, going back to that, sin will rob your happiness. Do you know that when you do these wrongful things, you can't sit there and tell me if you're a born-again believer in Christ Jesus, when you commit this sin, and then it starts to eat at you, and it starts to wear in your mind, and you lose your happiness, you lose your joy, you lose your peace of mind. I can testify to that. Sin will rob you. And it won't just rob you with a nine millimeter. No, it's Lucifer robbing you of the very joys that you can have in your soul. It takes your peace of mind, deprives you. Then he'll rob you of your hope. Oh, my hope is found in nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. For this I know, Jesus loves me. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. And it will rob you of your hope. It'll rob you of your wealth. That's just to name a few. For the person who's lived a hell-bound lifestyle, you know what I'm talking about when I say it'll rob you of your wealth. Everything that you've ever accumulated, you'll let it go. For some temporal fix or, or maybe all your wages that you've saved up your whole life you've worked this really good job and, and you have this sin of I can't get enough and I want to shop too much that, that I'll, I'll lay all that down just to self-fulfill my desires and my wants and my needs guess what that's doing it's robbing you of your wealth look at your bank account it is robbing you sin is sin Look with me again at verse 26, and you'll notice the third part underlined there was, she was no better, but rather grew worse. Mark 26 says, and I'm going to read the whole thing in context. And who had suffered much under many physicians, she had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. There's a lot in that text right there. Just a lot in that one little verse. Three bad things has already happened to her. So now she is suffering from failing health. Not only has she lost all of her money and she's spent it all on the physicians that they keep telling her, take this pill, take that pill, do this, do that, and you're going to have this side effect and that side effect. And I'm trying to just, uh, big pharma, keep you uh, infiltrated on pills. That's what was going on there. Now, I can't say it was pills back then because I, I, I know Big Pharma wasn't out back then. It was all natural stuff. But could you imagine the physicians? Here, take this bottle of myrrh or take this and give me your wages over here. Same thing they do today. Rob you and deprive you. So she has that going on. She's suffering. She's getting all these things done to her, being cut on or whatever else they did back then. And then she spent all of her earnings but yet was no better. No better. All of it was for what? Nothing. Nothing. She had just grew worse. See, sin will slowly eat away until there's nothing left. Sin has nothing but time to eat away at you until there is nothing left. Which moves us into our second point. What was her course? See, her course was... An eternal physician. 
Christ, the Messiah, the healer. That was the course she was on. Notice with me in verse 27, it says this. She had heard reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. She had heard the reports about Jesus. Now, you have to understand, in this time, Jesus was walking around just, boom, touching people. Healed, healed, healed. Cast out demon over there, doing this over here. Raising Lazarus, doing everything. She heard reports. So she knew, I better get to him. Because these guys can't heal me. But he can. Oh, how we need to do that. Maybe it's not a physical healing. Maybe it's something that we need to mentally lay down. Get to Jesus. Run and lay it down. Lay it all down. Lay it all down. And don't pick it back up. I like to tell people, when you go to the foot of the cross, wear you some yoga pants. They say, well, pastor, why wouldn't the world would you say wear yoga pants for? Well, because, A, they have no pockets in them. So when you go to turn around, that big hand can't reach up and grab your sin back and keep reminding you of it. Or you can wear some old Hanes sweatpants, because I don't believe them got pockets in them neither. So just get you something without pockets. That way, when you get to the foot, nothing can reach out and grab it and put it back in your pockets and remind you of it later. Because the enemy will do that. He will entrap you and enslave you and rob you. But see, she had caught the news of her Savior. He was her hope, and he is our hope. Our hope is found in Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. She had heard of all the healings. Will you hear of his healings today? Will you take that into consideration? That God can heal you through the power and the work of the Holy Ghost? There is a ghost. And he's holy. And he wants to weave in and out. And he wants to touch each and every one of us. We have to be willing to let him. See, she had even seen evidence of his healing. What evidence does the world need to see today? Listen, friends, I got to see a bunch of drug addicts and alcoholics sharing what Jesus did for them, how God set them free, and what do we need to see more than that than our brothers and sisters being set free from bondage and captivity? That should be enough. That should be enough. My wife tells me, sometimes I think you're going to need a sweat towel. I'm feeling like I'm probably going to need one one day here real soon. But it's okay because I get excited. There's a burning desire deep within my soul of what Jesus Christ has done for an old wretched sinner like me and you. Listen, we're not sitting here by coincidence. We've been set free. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. And if that don't charge you up, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong, church. So what else evidence do we need today? It should be none and no more. We should be content. But I also want to look at it in that same verse, in verse 27, if you'll notice what it says there. It says, and, Jesus, and she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Could you imagine that? Man, her hope, there's a multitude of people. I could just picture this woman. Man, hurting, belly crunched over. Move, get out of my way. Get out of my way. I just need to get to his feet. I just need to lay there and touch him. That's all I need is a touch from the king. Just a touch from the king. That's all I need. How many of us need to do that today? 
Son, I'm ready to start dropping bowls on people. I need Jesus. I just need a touch from him. We all need a touch from Jesus. But yet notice she came near to the Savior just to touch his hem. And she had made her way through the people. Her desire was strong. Multitude of people. It was strong. So it is today someone wants to make their way to Jesus. Someone does. You know, I'm going to show you a picture real quick. If put that picture up there. This lady, she's seen us Friday night. It's a brain. That's a no-brainer, no pun intended. But if you notice that white stuff on the bottom, this lady knew when she's seen us Friday, that's fluids on her brain. And here's what she says. I need prayer. I need prayer. I'm going to come back tomorrow night when the Lord is moving. I need prayer. So last night at the tent revival, as I was praying for this lady, ain't no shame in my game, Miss Connie. I'm praying for her and got my eyes closed. And she just needs a touch from Jesus. And as I'm praying, I'm like, Lord Jesus, you know where Miss Connie is. But your Holy Spirit can move in and through and do what you do because you are the great physician. You can make it to where when she goes back to the doctors, there is nothing wrong that they say, we don't understand it. What has happened? You, you've miraculously been healed. And she can jump up and say, Jesus! But as I was praying with my eyes closed... Connie was nowhere around. But here's how the Holy Spirit works. I opened my eyes up, and Miss Connie was sitting right there in the back. Now, this tent ain't big where she could have been sitting back there the whole time. I'm talking about it holds maybe 60 people. A good old-fashioned tent revival where you're standing elbow to elbow. But Miss Connie's standing back there, and I say, come on, sister. It's showtime. It's showtime. And we pray and we believe. And she believes. She knows. Jesus can. So will we point to them? Or will we hinder them? Will we point to their healings or will we hinder it? Because so many of us, there's times that we get so caught up here, we're just like, well, maybe he can, maybe he will, maybe he won't. You're hindering it. Or will you point to them and say, I want that. I want that kind of faith. I want that faith. I want the faith that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know. I can and I will be healed. Maybe it's not this physical earthly healing. Maybe it's that you get to unzip your earth suit and meet your loved ones on your way there and get to sit at the feet of Jesus. No longer do you have to reach out and touch the hem of his garment. You're with him. That's a healing too. You have to hold on to that. But I want you to notice what she did if we look at verse 33 real quick. It says, but the woman knowing what had happened to her came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Notice what she did there. She confessed to the Savior. Some of us need to confess. She told him the whole truth. 
everything. Everything. She left nothing back. This was her condition to his cleansing. This is like being regenerate, to be born again. We fall at his feet. We confess these things. And guess what we are? We're regenerate, which means to be born again. Confession. So not only does she get a physical healing, but telling in the truth, and, and she gets this eternal healing too there. She made a confession. Moves us into our third and final point, her cleansing. It was an immediate cure. Faith was the key. Faith was the key. She believed that he was who he said he was. She believed he was the true son of God. She believed he was God in the flesh. She believed he was the Messiah. She believed that he could do what he said he would do. Remember he said, get up, your faith has made you well. Daughter, daughter, he didn't say stranger. There was an intimate relationship there. She went from being a woman of bleeding to the king of kings' daughters. That's good news. We can go from death to life through faith in Jesus Christ, through repentance of our sins. We can go from being that stranger alienated from God to being his son and daughter. Church, that's good news. That's good news. She believed that he would do it for her. Do you believe that God will do it for you? Do you? So, in laying in this plane, I love that saying. Because we go from a 30,000 mile an hour flight, some 50,000 feet in the air, to trying to come into Louisville International Airport, man, landing this bad boy. And sometimes I feel like I just bottom it in. But landing in it this morning. Jesus still heals. I want you to know that. So I'm going to ask you a couple things. Are you sick with sin? Are you sick of sin? Are you discouraged because it seems nothing will ever be right again? Or that you will ever find real peace? Or are you disheartened because it seems that there is no hope? It's like every time you turn every corner that there's no hope. Are you tired of it? Are you saddened with the cares of this life? Maybe it's the business or maybe it's just anything going on. And it just, it's robust that it keeps happening and you're just fed up with it. Are you done with the cares of life? Or are you hurting because you care too much to cry? Is that it? Do you, do you suppress it so much that you don't let it come out through your tear ducts that you say, no, I can't do this? Or are you weak because it seems that you'll never be strong again? Well, what is the disease of discouragement that has troubled you so long? What is it? Only you can answer that. Only you. And what you must do is take it to Jesus. 
take it to Jesus because nothing Pastor William can say or do can comfort you like the comforter himself, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the one who you need to take it to. Take it to Jesus. Take it to Jesus. I can listen to you. I can pray with you. I can help you. I can show you biblical mandates, but I'm not Jesus. Lay it down to him. Lay it down. Because Jesus can heal you. And it's Jesus and Jesus alone. And if you get tired of hearing about Jesus, you come to the wrong place. We love Jesus. He saved us. He saved us. He died for us. He rose for us. He sacrificed for us. And yet all he wants us to do is give it to him. Cast all your burdens on me, all ye who are weary. King James. Give it to Jesus. So dear Heavenly Father, as we get ready to worship you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father in heaven, Maybe there's something we need to give to you. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us to give it to you. And Father, if we have not given you our full lives, given you our souls, and give it back to you, may today be the day of salvation.